0: Genesis 39 and verse number 7. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master walteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you will give me liberty. Lord, I say this morning both publicly as well as privately, God, that this sermon brings great fear to my own heart. God, I pray that you'll give us the words, the wisdom. I ask you, Lord, this morning to help every soul that's in this building. God, I pray this morning that what I'm preaching on is nothing more than prevented medicine. But God, I pray if there is someone here this morning that is guilty or someone here this morning that is contemplating doing this great sin that we'll deal with this morning, I pray the Holy Spirit would call to their attention and call them out that the consequences would be greater than what they could ever bear. Lord, I pray that you would keep us from this evil this morning Give us the vocabulary and may we not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. And God, for what you do, we'll love you and praise you and thank you in Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to say this morning on the outset of this message that I believe the subject this morning that God has laid upon my heart is one that brings great fear to my soul. For I realize that greater men than myself or you and I or any of us this morning has fallen prey to the sin of adultery. I think adultery this morning will do great harm not only to our life, but to our testimony. The sword will never depart from our house. This morning, when we look at the life of Joseph, I'm not just preaching on adultery, but I want to preach from one verse of Scripture in our text this morning on how to avoid adultery how to stay away from adultery this morning. I hope that you'll give me some amens. I know it's not a shouted out message, but I think we ought to support the truth anyway this morning. When you think about this, that I pray that God will give grace and courage. uh, We will always do what would honor him, what would please him. But just a few fundamental things concerning Joseph's life and the situation that we find Joseph in, and then we'll give you the message this morning. I want you to think about, first of all, that Joseph, according to verse number seven, he did not ask to be in this position, amen? The Bible said that it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. Now, you might be here this morning and say, well, preacher, I have no intention, I have no idea, I have no thought of ever committing adultery and that's wonderful but I want to say this morning you don't have to seek adultery adultery will seek you for him Joseph did not go looking for it Joseph had no desire to do that but it sought him like a lion would seek its prey Joseph did not ask to be in this position another thing I see here is that Joseph did the right thing he, when he was approached he refused the Bible said in verse number 8 but he refused and said unto his master's wife I I want to tell you, Joseph never entertained the thought in this text here. The answer was an immediate no. And I want to tell you, I think Joseph had already made his mind up. He had pegged this hussy and knew what kind of a lady she was. And Joseph knew that the opportunity and the temptation would probably meet. And so Joseph just looked her right in her God given eyeballs and gave her a flat out no. I want to tell you, Joseph did not wait for the opportunity to come to decide what he was going to do. And this morning, everyone. this building including this pastor we have to make our mind up that we are going to do the right thing if and when that situation comes our way Joseph did the right thing when he was approached he refused he did not ask to be in that position and then Joseph when he was challenged by this Jezebel he did what anyone should have done he ran notice the Bible said in verse number 11 and verse number 12 that it came to pass at this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within and she caught him by his garment saying lie with me and he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out I'm going to tell you when adultery and if adultery was to come your way you better run friend like fork and lighten amen I mean you better run as fast as you can and stay away from anything that would lure you into that direction amen amen you say, Brother Gravely, I think I can handle uh, the situation that I'm in. I'm gonna tell you, friend. Samson was the strongest man in the Bible and he failed to adultery. David was one of the most spiritual men in the Bible and he failed to adultery. Solomon was the smartest man in the Bible and he failed to adultery. What I'm telling you this morning, friends, sexual sins, uh, my friend, will get every one of us if we're not careful. It will destroy your life uh, if you and I are not careful. And Joseph did. The only thing Joseph knew to do and could have done, he ran in that situation. You better run from the things of this world. You better run from some Jezebel that has got her eye on you. You better run from some man, a lady that's got his eye on you and trying to charm you. Joseph did what he could do and what he should have done. But I want you to see in verses 13 through 18 that Joseph was lied upon even though he did what was right. Amen. Amen. Do you realize that this woman in verse number 13, that it came to pass that when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled, that she called all the men into her house and spake of them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice, and it came to pass that when he when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried and that he left his garment with me and f- and fled and got him out. And she laid, his, uh, laid up his garment by her, until his Lord came home and she spake unto him according to these words saying the Hebrew servant that thou hast brought unto us came unto me to mock me. Now this should be no surprise to us this, this morning because if a woman will lie and cheat on her husband or if a man will lie and cheat on his wife they'll lie about anything and anybody. Isn't that right? This woman had all the goods on Joseph. She had his garment. She had all the men of the house on her side. I mean she had the tears. I'm gonna tell you Willie in a day of fake tears. Isn't that right? Now, tears is good. Isn't that right? Well, brother, you're going to have to look past the tears sometimes and look at the character if you're going to make the right kind of judgment. Amen. It's going to take more than tears to convince God. There's a lot of people that have tears because they're sorry they got caught. And I'll tell you, I hate it whenever people fall into sin. But I'm telling you, friend, this lady had tears, but tears is not necessarily always a sign of true repentance in a person's life. This woman pulls everybody to her side and she lies on Joseph. I want to tell you this morning if you're waiting for the world to treat you fair, they're not going to treat you fair. The world didn't treat Joseph fair. The world didn't treat our Saviors fair. Jesus didn't get a fair trial. And if Jesus didn't get a fair trial, we're not always promised a fair trial in this world. Doing what is right is not always popular. And doing what is right, my friend, does not always come out with everybody standing in your corner and everybody standing on your side. But I'm going to tell you, God will exonerate uh, Joseph and God will take care of him. God is going to vindicate him and God is going to judge her. And you can rest assured, young people, if you'll do what's right, If my husband and wife, if you'll do what's right, God will always honor you and bless you and take care of you, amen. But you may have to go through some hard times because you did what was right. Joseph, the Bible says here that he was not alone. He was now alone. Joseph is cast into prison by his own master. Even though Joseph did what was right, he was treated wrong. The Bible says in verse number 19 that it came to pass that when his master heard these, the words of his wife, which she spake unto him saying, after this manner to thy servant, uh, to me that his wrath was kindled. Potiphar is acting out of anger, not logic. Potiphar, all he had to do was tally up the character of his wife. This wasn't the first man that she, uh, listen, that she had approached. This wasn't the first person that, that she had tried to, uh, to, to uh, this wasn't her first rodeo, so to speak. I'll tell you something, this woman had been around the block a few times. And Potiphar, you know what he did? He looked at her. If he have used logic and looked at her and looked at Joseph's character, and would have weighed it out. But I'm gonna tell you, this woman had the goods on Joseph. She had his coat. She had a good story. I mean, she was a prominent woman in society. I mean, she was a desired woman. I don't think she was an ugly woman by no means. And listen, she had the witnesses, the false witnesses, the false accusations. She had it all, friend. Doesn't that sound like Jesus, amen? I'm telling you, sometimes in this life, you and I are gonna have to be like Joseph and Pill our head the only two people that knew that Joseph did what was right was Joseph and God but I'm gonna tell you something the only two people that it really mattered with was Joseph and God Joseph could his head at night regardless of what the world has said about him regardless of what others had thought about him he had been lied on he had been treated uh, betrayed and he had been cheated uh, but Joseph peeled his head that night knowing that he had not committed the sin that they said he was guilty of Joseph had peace in his heart and he had God on his side I'm here to tell you friend it pays to do right it pays to live right it pays to take a right kind of step God will be good to you and he'll bless you hallelujah I want to tell you if you got a good spouse you ought to thank God for that You ought to praise God for your wife. You ought to thank God for your husband. You say, well, they're not everything that I think they ought to be. Neither is that person you got your eyes on. I promise you the package don't look near as good as what the devil has dressed it up. The end result will never be what he tells you it's gonna be. And Joseph, my friend, gave this lady several reasons as to why he could not commit adultery. I wanna tell you tonight or this morning, there are reasons why we should not commit adultery. Joseph wraps them all up in two verses and he gives them to us. I feel this morning that the Holy Spirit is sending out a warning to every one of us. But I think also this morning it could be that God is really calling to somebody's attention. So a preacher, you wouldn't think that in a church like this. Oh, I do. I'm gonna tell you if anything will rip a church in a thousand pieces is when people get hooked up Brother, I'm telling you this morning, you ought to keep your eyes to yourself. Somebody say amen. Brother, I'm telling you never be alone with someone of the opposite sex. Is that right this morning? Brother, I'm telling you you're a fool. I'm a fool to think that that, that would turn out okay. The testimony within itself would not look right. Isn't that right? Brother, well, we gotta be careful. The guard has to be up. It's not popular to preach on adultery today, but we're having more problems with adultery than we ever have. Brother, I'm sad to say it's in our pews. It's in our pulpit. Brother, in our pulpits today, uh, we, we don't need it. It's not in this pulpit by the grace of God. And by the grace of God, I never want it to be. And don't be so sancti- sanctimonious and so pharisaical and say, well, uh, you know, I would, I'm would." i telling you this morning, friend, I don't care how old you are. You never know. It's all preacher. And I'm scared absolutely out of my mind. Preachers that I have preached with and preached for and they've preached here and have been friends with and, and we've prayed together and served God together. Men of integrity and character and men that I know they love God and they, they've lived for God and they have a testimony. But I'm telling you they have fallen into the sin that we are talking about this morning. I, I pray to God every day. God, keep me in your will. Keep me from sin. I, I don't even want to be by myself anymore. You say, well, are you paranoid? No. I just know there's an adversary. It's not in my heart this morning but I don't want to be a fool this morning as men that are greater than I have ever thought about being that thought they could handle life within themselves I'm telling you if we make it to the finish line as you said the other Sunday and finish our course without a marred and a scarred testimony it'll be by the mercy and the grace of God oh but God knows I want to finish right don't you I want to finish my course I don't want to mar my name and testimony and ruin my ministry and destroy my family and destroy a church because of a few fleshly desires this morning. Because of that, Joseph, a young man, looked at this lady and said, I cannot. And I'm going to tell you why. And I want to tell you why this morning. You may be here and say, preacher, I'm not even married. I wouldn't commit adultery. Joseph wasn't married. Adultery doesn't necessarily have to be between two married people. It can be between one married person and a non-married person. Probably Joseph thought as a young man and a late teenage boy, he probably thought he'd never face this sin this early in his life. The devil comes hard after those who will live for God. Sometimes he wastes no time in doing that. This morning Joseph gave her reasons. I want you to look at them in verse number 8. I want you to see the first reason is because that he remembered that he'd been blessed by his master. He said, the Bible said, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, walteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Joseph looked at this lady and said, I can't do that with you. You say, why, Joseph? Because my master's been too good to me. My master has blessed me. He's entrusted me. He's put confidence in me. He has put things in my hand that belong to him. My master doesn't even know everything that he has. He's trusted me. He's put all these things. My master has been good to me. I want to tell you why no man or no woman should ever commit adultery. It's because if you start and think about it, God has been good to you. If God gave you a spouse that'll come home every day, if he gave you a man that'll work a job and pay the bills, if he gave you a wife that'll cook and clean and take care of you, if he gave you somebody that'll stand by your side and love you, and be a friend to you through the good times and through the bad. You ought to never want to cheat on that person in your life. You ought to never want to do anything to bring shame to their name. You ought to never want to hurt them in any form or any fashion. If you've done that, I know there's grace to heal and I know God will forgive. But if you've not been there, why go there this morning? I'm not punishing those who have. I know there's grace, but they'll stand up and be the first to tell you if they had it to do all over again, they'd never go down that road. I'm telling you, friend, this morning, Joseph looked at her and said, you're crazy if you think I'm gonna cheat with you. My master, after all he has done for me, how he has blessed me. See, Joseph remembered when he was in a pit. Do you remember when you was in the pit? Do you remember when you was going down? Joseph remembered when he got sold out by this world. His master had been good to him. I wanna tell you, my friend, God has been good to me. Has God not been good to you? He's blessed me too much to throw away everything he's ever put in my hands. I'm telling you this morning, We ought to thank him for what he's done in our life and we ought to live clean and we ought to live holy because he's been good to us, amen. 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 Brother, you ought to love your wife because God gave her to you. You ought to love your husband because God gave him to you. Pray for the imperfections, but I will tell you what real love does: it covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks the imperfections in life. By the way, big boy, you're not as you're not as perfect as the devil will pump your ego to make you think you are. See you. Hey, listen, lady, you're not as perfect as you think you are. Everybody's got flaws. Everybody's got uh, listen has got uh, has got problems. Everybody. I'm gonna tell you something. Everybody's breath stinks. I don't care who you are this morning. Say amen. I don't care if you're fresh out of Hollywood, friend. I'm telling you, listen, they gotta wear deodorant. Their breath stinks just like everybody else's does. I'm gonna tell you what the devil make you think. He'll make you think the grass is greener on the other side, but it's nothing more than growing over a septic tank and a sewer of sin and a sewer of mess. He'll strip you of everything good that's in your life. I'll tell you something, you commit adultery, you're a fool. To thank you and commit adultery and keep everything you got. I don't care if your wife or your husband does stay with you, it'll never be the same the rest of your life. He you says they're not mercies, they're not graces, they're not forgiveness. Sure, there is. The sword never departs. You'll bear the reproach. The Bible said the reproach of adultery is never wiped away. You can't ever get that away. That mark is there. You know. I cut myself a couple, probably a couple years ago, right here on my wrist. And it probably needed a couple stitches, but that's what duct tape is for, somebody say "Man," <laughs> I was quite certain when I looked at it, I thought, oh, man. I thought, I ain't got time to go to the doctor or the hospital. And then I got to pay the bill, and I thought, you know, it don't look that bad. But it's probably God, and I didn't listen and said, if you don't do something about it, it's going to scar. And I thought, well, you know what, I'll just heal it up and put something, tape it up and put something over it and I'll put vitamin E on it. How I many of y'all ever heard that? It don't work. And then my wife, she's into all that, you know, uh, uh, witchcraft of oils and voodoo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's got an oil for everything. She told one day, she so you want to sleep better? Let me put oil under your toe. And I was like, what's that? I had nightmares all night, I'm telling you. I don't have nightmares until so you put oil on me. And I got to dig around and thought, maybe she's got some kind of oil I can put on it, you know? But the scar's here. Right. Yeah. It's too late now. I'd love to get rid of the scar. It's healed. Everything works right. right. But I can't do nothing about that scar. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, it can heal. A lot of times it don't. Maybe, maybe. Who would want to gamble on that? Maybe it heals. The scar is always going to be there. Brother, I'm telling you this morning, Joseph said no because God, his master, had blessed him. He said no, secondly, because he had been fully trusted. Notice what he says here. He said, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Joseph said, I can't commit adultery with you because my master's been too good to me and my master has trusted me. When you think about God trusting you with a wife, a husband, when you think about God trusting you with children, when you think about God trusting you with a family, a home, I'm telling you, friend, listen, uh, yes, you can go on. Yes, there's mercy. Yes, there's grace. uh, And they ought to be. And if you forgive somebody, you ought to fully forgive them. Amen? That don't mean patch it up and hold it over their head the rest of their life. That means, listen, if you're gonna forgive, you're gonna have to forgive the way God forgives. Uh, You're gonna have to forgive. Forgive and forget. Somebody say, "Amen." Now, before you say to yourself, well, you cannot forgive and forget, preacher, I beg to differ. Because God, He cannot forget anything. You say, well, how can He forget if He cannot forget? He chooses. And when you forgive somebody, you have to choose every day to never remember their sins no more. When the devil brings it up, you have to choose not to remember. I'm talking about he had been fully trusted. You think about what God's trusted you with. Think about how God has given you a family unit. And you ought to praise God that you have a home. You ought to praise God you have children this morning. Grandchildren. Whatever God has given you, you ought to thank him for it. And you ought to think about how many people don't have what you have this morning before you sin and before you uh, listen, before you commit that heinous act of adultery, you ought to think about how much uh, God has entrusted you with and how quick it could all be taken away. How the devil would love more than anything for you to lose it all. I'm telling you friend, there's riches this morning that all the money in this world cannot buy you. It cannot buy you your health. It cannot buy you your family. It cannot buy you your home. It cannot buy you peace. It cannot buy you happiness. Uh, It cannot buy you joy. and you can have, uh, uh, listen, you can have building after building of things, uh, but things never produce joy. Things only produce more work and more responsibility and more worry and more more concern about fixing this or fixing that or taking care of this or or taking care of that. In fact, the less you have, oftentimes those are the happiest people in life uh, because they don't have so much to worry about. Isn't that right? You ain't worried about a bass boat today. You know why? Because I don't have one. If you got one, I say more power to you. More 750 horsepower to you. If you want to trot up and down the, 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 the lake, go ahead, help yourself. I don't think it's wickedness and sin and you're probably glad you got one and I'm glad you got one and I'm glad I don't have one this morning. I'd hate to pay the insurance. I'd hate to have to put a tag on it. I'd hate to have to pull it down the road. Uh, it's just a whole lot easier to get a pole and go sit on the bank and hope to the Lord you'll catch something, amen? And I'm telling you something, the fish don't weigh no bigger just because you're on a boat. Isn't that right? Ain't no sin in having a boat this morning, but if you got a boat, you got to wash it. You got to wax it. You got to take care of it. You got to fix it. You see what I'm saying this morning? The more we have, the more we worry about. I'm just simply saying, but God, he gives us things we don't have to worry about. He promised to take care Care of our children he promises to take care of our home he promises to take care of our marriage all we got to do is love it and pray for it amen and God said I'll bless it I'll watch over it I'll take care of it hallelujah you know I, every morning I say Lord bless my wife there's things I pray about and I say Lord bless my children and I pray about them and there's things I pray for my son-laws and things I pray for my grandchildren And know that yesterday's just seemed like any other day. One of the things I pray for them is, Lord, always keep them safe, take care of them, watch over them, protect them as they go up and down the roads. And and Lord, just uh, be there even when I can't be and when I can and I can't do nothing. God, would you take up? And little Ashton decided he was going to jump off the top step yesterday and God took care of him. And I was only four feet from him, but I couldn't have done anything. You see, we really can't handle things. But God took care of that. And that may be a small thing, but I went home and said, thank you, Lord. That's answered prayer. That's why it's so important every day to pray for your family. You ever know what one day may hold? Last night, Celeste called, and she said, we're 10 minutes from where we're staying at. She said, a tornado just come through the town that they're, that they're moving to. And she said, just 10 minutes away, it came through that town. And said, it tore up all kinds of, I think 300 people were injured, and one person was killed, and, and they were just a few minutes away. And my wife said, Thank you, God. Thank you for delaying them in however you needed to and and whatever you had to do. I mean, if they'd have been in it, I believe God would have took care of them. I'm telling you this morning, those are things that God has put into our hands. He's entrusted you with those little children. Don't raise them, train them. Don't just put clothes on their back don't, and shoes on their feet. Don't just send them to school and, and provide for them, but train them, teach them the right way. Teach them what the word of God says. Uh, cut things out of their life. Don't, don't try to make a superstar out of them. Don't try, oh, I'm gonna get in all kinds of trouble this morning, but I just believe it, and it's right. And as a pastor of 20-something years in this church, uh, I've watched too many people shipwreck because they wanted their son they wanted their daughter to be everything the world wanted them to be and not what God wanted them to be and they thought putting food on their table and clothes on their back was and taking them to a good church was enough but I'm here to tell you friend it's not enough you gotta put some boundaries you gotta have some rules you gotta have some regulations and you gotta hold it tight and hold it right even in the hard times of their life and whether it comes out good bad or ugly at least pillow your head and know you did what was right and my friend, hold the line in the last days of their life. Love them. I think a good education is wonderful. I think no child should be dumb if they can help it. But I want to tell you something. This world is messed up on education. I'm not against anybody going to college. But don't miss I, You know I'm for college. I went to college. And I'm not against that. But I'll tell you something. Before I want my kids to go to college. I want them to serve Jesus. Amen. 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 And they can serve Jesus and be a doctor. and They can serve Jesus and be a lawyer if it's the will of God. But I want them to pray about God's will for their life. And this morning Joseph said no because the master had been good to him. He had been fully trusted. He said no because she did not belong to him. Look what he said in verse number nine. He said, but neither hath he kept back anything from me, but watch this, but thee. Because thou art his wife. well, what a godly man to look at this lady and remind her, you don't belong to me, but you do belong to him. And I want to tell you this morning, when you make that vow, it ought to mean something. Before you young boys and you young ladies ever marry, you better make sure that that vow you make means something. Amen. It ought to mean something all the days of your life. Brother Bible says it's better not to make a vow than to make one and break it. And this morning, when you when you make, when you commit adultery, I want to be careful what I say. When you commit, when you consider that this morning, you're going to break the bonds of marriage. You're going to to break the vow, not just the vow you made, but the vow that they made. And Joseph looked at her. He was an unmarried man. It wouldn't have been right even if he wouldn't have been married. But he looked at her and he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, you belong to somebody. And he said, I'm not going to touch you. I'm going to tell you this morning. And and I'm going to tell you, you ought to to think about that today. Marriages are a disaster in America. That's why I'm preaching on it this morning. Nowadays, the television... Has made a mock of the home. Well, somebody ought to say something about it. They laugh at that, and they call it. Uh, um, they call it. Uh, what is it? They call it. Uh, they don't call. They call it an affair. God doesn't call it. Call it an affair. It's adultery. They call it uh, all kinds of names to try to dress it up, to make it right. But it's sin. Is sin this morning it's always been sin it was sin when David committed it it was sin when Samson committed it it was sin my friend when, when, when Solomon committed I know that, that, that uh, this morning that when we consider these people that, that some was fornication some was adultery but if you look up the definition of adultery it considers all types of sin within that realm of, of sin this morning it was sin then it's still sin today I'm going to tell you, you preach it in any church today and you'll get some strange looks. I would rather this morning get some raised eyebrows and strange looks as I sit down in my office any day with anybody and weep with them because I have. And once you've done that a few times, strange looks don't bother you no more. They don't bother me one bit, friend, this morning because if it salvages one home today, it's worth the preaching it's worth every look that you may get this morning. I'm talking about because he'd been fully trusted, because she did not belong to him. Joseph tells her, I cannot commit this sin, because, or this, I cannot commit adultery, because adultery is great wickedness. Look what he said in verse number nine. He said, how then can I do this great wickedness? One of the things that's happened in America today is that sin has been so diluted that people don't see anything wrong with anything hardly anymore. Thank God for people that'll still get in the Word of God and line up with the book. America today, listen, homosexuals parade down our streets today. And what's even worse than that this morning is that we have people sitting in churches that claim to be Christians and know Christ and know the Bible and they say it's okay. That it's okay for, for a man to be a sodomite and to, and to stand up and say that he's called to preach. He's not even saved, let alone called to preach. I believe God wants to save them. I believe God's got the blood and the power to save them. But I'm going to tell you this morning: there's no such thing as a homosexual that is saved or that is out. Listen, that that is not, that, not a practicing homosexual needs to be saved. Somebody say, "Amen." And so preacher, y'all not preach like that. There's so much controversy today. Hey, it was sin 35 years ago. It's still sin today. You can be quiet about it, but I'm not gonna be quiet about it. I believe it. There was a day when you preached uh, and the church would get behind you and rally and say, amen, preacher. I'm gonna tell you for the sake of your children, your grandchildren, you better suit up and mount up and get a little bit of grit in your crawl once again and learn, stand for what is right because that sin may come to your doorstep tomorrow. There's not a home here that what has probably not been affected in some in some fashion and we hate the sin and love the sinner and we pray for but we cannot let up preaching on it this morning can't quit preaching on it I don't care how close to home it affects you you can't quit preaching on it Joseph said this is great wickedness there's a lot of things this morning that's still great wickedness We can't clean it up. We can't dress it up. It's still sin. Joseph said adultery is sin. Hey, you young people hear me this morning. Adultery. If if there's anything I want you to remember this morning, you'll remember your preacher said that the Bible says adultery is sin. Sin It's sin this morning. Then Joseph says, it's not only great wickedness and it's not just sin, but look what he says. In verse number nine, he said it's sin against God. Sin against God. That's something that ought to be preached again. That when we sin, yes, we may sin against others, but we sin against God. Brother, when I read that the other day, it was like heaven took a highlighter and highlighted it and highlighted that little phrase, sin against God. Boy, that takes the temptation out of it, don't it? That takes all the fun out of it. That takes all the all the the the, the drawing the, and the, you say, well, that sin looks good. Well, look at the, look at it through God's microscope this morning. Look at it through the eyes of a broken home and a scarred life uh, and and, uh, and an embarrassed and shameful life. Look at it through children that won't have anything to do with you and a spouse uh, that weeps her eyes out through the night uh, or a spouse, my friend, whose heart has been shattered into a thousand pieces. Uh, look at it through those eyes uh, and look at it through heaven's eyes this morning. And that it's stench in the nostril of a holy God. If we ever have revival in our churches in America again, preachers are gonna have to start preaching against sin, preaching on repentance and the blackness and the ugliness of sin. I don't care if it's a politician. I don't care if it's a preacher. I don't care if it's somebody rich in the community. Sin is still sin in the eyes of God this morning, amen? It's just as black no matter who does it care how good their name is. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care if they're a rock star or a superstar. I don't care this morning if they're a spiritual hero of our day. It's still sin. This morning, ain't it? I don't know, standing here a week ago, why God told me to preach that other than maybe this morning to all of us, ain't it? I pray nobody here this morning would be considering Such a sin against God. I pray that nobody has let their guard down. I pray that this morning you've not sent a message. I'm going to tell you something about adultery. If you don't remember nothing else, please remember this. Never let it seed in your mind, never let it settle in your heart, and never signal it with your body. Don't send the message. Don't send the message this morning. There are some people, you can look at how they, how, you can look at their body language. And listen, this morning, you may say, well, I don't know what you think, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. There are some people, the way they act, the way they talk, and the way they walk, you can look at them and tell, that's a Jezebel. That's a huzzy. That's a whoremonger. That's a homewrecker. Am I telling the truth this morning? Just the way they walk across. He's enough, he's a God-given instinct. I think there's a there's something God puts in a husband and wife when they get married, and I think there's something God puts in young people too. When you see that, hey, the way they bat their eyes, the Bible talks about a strange woman in Proverbs, talks about a whorish woman in Proverbs, and it talks about a virtuous woman in Proverbs. Well, that strange woman's known by her eyes, the way she looks, the way she makes that contact. That simple man, that whoremonging man, sending out their messages this morning. Oh, listen to me! Don't flirt with it. Don't flirt with it this morning. You can be kind, but there's lines that we can't—none of us—cross this morning. It'll get you in trouble, won't it? As we stand this morning, Father, Lord, by the best of Your ability, I've done everything. God, I've done everything you'd have me to do this morning. <laughs> keep us safe. Oh, God, keep us from Satan this morning. Let it be fear in all of our hearts today, from the youngest to the eldest. The great wickedness, the sin against God that Joseph spoke about. May we never forget this this morning. And may the hour of temptation never come to our doorstep. Help us to keep ourselves accountable. Help us to stay free from those. Help us to not entangle in things on social media and things that help us not to speak to people inappropriately. Oh God, I pray this morning, keep us free from this sin in Christ's name. As we sing this morning, would you come?